Hello, you were listening to Delta Dispatches. We were discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. Welcome back, Simone. I hope you had a wonderful Labor Day. Yes, yes. It was an extended Labor Day um, filled with sunshine and lots of extra quality time at home with the kids. The kids were off of school because Mm. of Gordon, but, you know, we Mm. always have to express extreme gratitude anytime we're spared. So Mm -hmm. I agree. Even though, uh, you know, it was some time with the kids in the park and stuff. (laughs) We did. Um, We had a picnic two days in a row in the park. There you go. Well, you know, we'd much rather that than anything else. I do agree with that. It's good to be prepared. I do agree with that. So we have um, we have a couple of things coming up that we're going to talk about today. Um, but first thing we want to cover is uh, we have a Coastal Connections event that you and I are actually going to travel down to Blackman's Parish tomorrow. Yeah, we've talked about these Coastal Connection events. Mm-hmm. I think the CPRA has them in Plaquemines Parish monthly mm-hmm. for the most part. I made them go to um, <laughs> I made them go to Lafouche one time. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Uh, this one's actually going to be out on the water. So people are going to get to go and explore different wetlands around Bay Denise mm-hmm. and kind of see some of the land that's been built um, there. And then it'll be with uh, Captain Ryan Lambert, who we've had on the show before. Yeah, exactly. And some of our friends will uh, also be there. Um, And that's really what that event is designed for, Coastal Connection, is is to connect you with some of the staff that works on the the CPRA projects throughout the year so people can ask questions directly. And this time they get to see firsthand um, some of the positive impacts that we see from, um, you know, sediment. In water. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we highlighted this when we had Christy Trail with Lake mm-hmm. Pontchartrain Basin Foundation on. But the um, Lake Pontchartrain Basin, Basin Foundation Beach Sweep yes. is Saturday, right. uh, September 15th, 15th, right, 9 to 1130 a.m. Right. And so it's their 28th annual Beach Sweep. Wow. And so, yeah, that's really great. And so I think you can find more information on their website. SaveOurLake.org. Uh, yeah, there's going to have a picnic for volunteers at the Lighthouse, which mm-hmm. we learned about when Christy was on the show. Mm-hmm. So very cool. Well, today I had the distinct pleasure of visiting mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. in your neck of the woods mm-hmm. at Alma Nichols Mater. State. Yes, University indeed. in Thibodeau. So I made you come um, to our office first. Um, you never got to see where the Brain Trust of Restore Retreat is. I see is. where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. We're located on the campus of Nichols University, uh, which is my alma mater. And they had an exciting uh, upset they this did. past weekend, right? Kansas. State, right? And so uh, they play Tulane this weekend. Uh-oh, and so. you're going to the game. Mm-hmm. You're gonna not going to be wearing green, I bet. Mm-mm, bunch of colonels coming you're to the city. You're going to be wearing red. Uh-huh. You better watch that. I got um, Penny a little shirt today, too, so she <gasps> you, could come with well, me. Well, you're we going to have to take a picture and send it to you. Yeah. So, so I did drag you to Thibodeau, um, down the bayou. You know, you have some roots close enough Although there. that's kind of up the bayou. So, well, you know, um, there is a, there ask. is a directional sign when you get off of Highway 90 and it says up the bayou and down the bayou. So um, how about this? I made, I dragged you along the bayou, <laughs> Bayou Lafouche. We've had Ben Marlboro yes. on the show before talking about it. Um, and then we got to go talk to Nikki Boudreaux's class, which is the first ever coastal communications class at Nichols State University. Yeah, so, we brought our 360 video. We brought a lot of the different materials and content we've produced. You brought that outstanding PR graduate of Nichols. Yes, we brought you yourself, (laughs) the one and only Simone. Um, It was so much fun. And it was fun. And just to see that, you know, those students are being challenged to produce content and do storytelling 
in a medium on a platform that speaks to them. So some are doing video projects, some might be doing writing, some might be doing kind of photography, photojournalism, exactly. you know, and it's just, it's so important about, you know, one of the things we highlighted is that's our approach, right? Mm -hmm. We, one, we show when we don't tell, but also we try to reach people across different platforms like this one right here. We talked about the radio show and the podcast. Exactly. I think that one of the best things and in, in what I try to do and, is to understand that, you know, you and I make a living off of this. This is something that we're passionate about, but it's also something that is our profession. But then, you know, as a student, I would have loved to hear from people working in that field. And so I like to think that you and I did an in-person Delta Dispatches for them live yeah. in front of them. <laughs> well, and we also talked about going to yeah, the yeah, Nichols they, State right. uh, Radio Station and doing mm -hmm. a show from there. Exactly, so. exactly. I was a, a DJ at the radio station, uh -oh. and, and then now they have a podcast room. They're like super advanced Look now. At you you were like before, you I know, know, like you were I'm the tre I was the trend trendsetter, yeah. But one, uh, we did talk about our next guest there today. Yeah, so we had um, the wonderful Audubon Magazine article about the Caminata Headland project, restoration project. And I remember um, our talking first line about of that on the, on the show. Yeah, it was so with beautiful. Eric, we brought Eric yeah. on. But um, Justin Noble was the reporter that did it. And the photographer we are so fortunate to have on the show today, you may have seen his photographs in other places, but um, beautiful photographs for that story. Um, ben Depp is an independent New Orleans-based documentary photographer and National Geographic Society explorer. Um, welcome to Delta Dispatches, Ben. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Doc. Yeah. Um, so we're excited. There we go. We'll <laughs> we're excited to have you on the show. Um, ben, I mean, your work has appeared in so many different national publications, magazines, New York Times, Rolling Stone, National Geographic. We mentioned Audubon. Oh, wow. How did you get started in photography? So I got started in photography years ago. I was studying graphic design and then discovered that I really didn't like sitting in front of computers all day and took a photography class and then just loved it and started working on that. Well, and you mentioned, you know, before the show, you've been um, in uh, Louisiana for five years. And, and I think you, you do a lot of environmental photography, a lot of coastal photography. What drew you to Louisiana, but also to doing photography uh, around of, the, of our environment, our coastal areas? Uh, so I, was, I lived in Haiti with my wife for five years. And uh, we, were, we moved to New Orleans in 2013 for her job. And I was interested in coming back to the South and working in the South. And uh, as soon as I moved here, I kind of learned about this issue of coastal erosion and wetland loss. And I uh, wanted to work on that story and looked around at all of the good work that had already been done documenting that. And uh, <clears throat> so many great photojournalists have done good work documenting the people's lives in small fishing communities and the impact of storms and all that. And so, you know, spent a long time thinking about what I could do that might be, that might add to what had already been done. And then on uh, commercial flights in and out of New Orleans, just looking down at the landscape was just blown away by how surreal and magical and strange this place is from overhead. And so uh, that's what sort of opened my eyes to the possibilities of aerial photography here. Right. And I mean, I just was on a flight back from M Minnesota and you see that flying in. I mean, you fly over the the swamps and wetlands around kind of uh, Bonacary and Maurepas. And, you know, one of the things I noticed and probably because I'm in this role is like you see the one side that's healthier, you know, that gets maybe some fresh water and input from the river. And then the other side that's not, that's levied off. And so it's just those sorts of things that you can see from the air. So you actually do aerial photography, which means you get up in a motorized paraglider. Is that accurate? 
Or, yeah. Wait, I want to find out first how a little Ben gets into photography, <laughs> much less aerial <laughs> <Yeah>. photography. <laughs> Is it always something that you were interested in? Uh, no, is it really in college that I, uh, I was studying graphic design and then took a photography class and w- thought to myself, wow, I could do this for a living instead of sitting in front of my computer. And so and then you uh, thought I could hang from the air and do this. Oh, uh, that was years later, years <laughs> later. Yeah. So what is that? Yeah. What does that entail getting up in the air to photograph? So a powered paraglider or paramotor is, uh, a two stroke motor that you put on your back, like a backpack and it has a sort of four foot long propeller on it and so that goes on your back and then your wing ends up up above you and it looks like a rectangular parachute and that's what holds you up in the air and you take off on foot running and then you can you (laughs) take off but you gotta know how crazy this is (laughs) right like i strap a motor on my back and then (laughs) yeah it's it is a little nuts it always it's still a little scary as well bird's eye view right (laughs) Yeah, it's an incredible way to explore this landscape, and it's affordable. Did someone teach you how to do that, or did you kind of learn on your own? Uh, I did a five-day training in Pensacola Beach, Florida. I just have this vision of to fail at the (laughs) five-day training, like or day one and two, pretty rough, and then. (laughs) Well, like day five, maybe was the first time I actually got off the ground and you just do everything you're told to do and run and take off. And all of a sudden you're a hundred feet up and then 200 feet up and then 400 feet up. And so it just, does everybody take pictures while doing this or were you, were you like, Hey, I can do this and take pictures. Yeah. Well, it was, um, just seemed like the perfect platform to be able to explore this landscape. That, so other people just do it for fun though, right? Just yeah. Most people just do it for fun. And I'm, I'm yeah. doing it for fun also, really. I mean, it's, there's a sort of, just kind of incredible quality to being out, you know, half an hour before or 15 minutes before sunrise, being 500 feet up and watching the sun come up over the wetlands. It's incredible. And you actually, on your website, you have an amazing video of you up there. I think it's over the Mississippi River, um, you know, doing this. So what's your website? Uh, It's bendepp.com. And you have an amazing Instagram too that people can follow. It's D-E-P-P, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's and the Instagram? The Instagram is D E P P P H O T O. Okay. We'll definitely go and check I want to hear about out. the Canadian geese video when about, we come back. Hear about that. I want to hear more about just what you've seen in the time that you've been doing this. Um, we're about to head into a break, but we'll be right back with Ben Depp, um, photographer and aerial, uh, I don't know. With I don't know. Crazy man. Motorized. Let's start with that. Is that what your business card says? Ben? That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. We'll be right back after the break. Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org Louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. 
National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. NWF.org slash Louisiana. At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. la.audubon.org. Restore or Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. I am Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore Retreat. Um, My husband sent me a text message that says they beat Kansas. Not Kansas State. So oh, okay. I corrected you earlier today. I know, I and said Miami. Like, well, if you're going to talk about Nichols, it's not Kansas State. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thank you to our most avid and listener. Other, and other devastating sports news. <laughs> it has been confirmed that our New Orleans baby cakes. Oh, is that right? Did yes, that happen today? They were leaving. Jacques, you were like one of their most um, I know. I avid was a, You went more than one would ever guess. I that went, you went to, to many games. I'm just glad I didn't buy any merch because oh, I was this No close. baby cakes merch? I almost did. I almost bought a shirt. But now, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it'd be a collector's item. I don't know. Um, so this is probably a horrible story I shouldn't say about that. But we went one time and the termites were swarming. <gasps> I think that happened to me just once. Like the too. apocalypse. <laughs> so... Well, I mean, no wonder they're leaving to go to Wichita. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is why we're not a sports show. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Let's um, talk to Ben Depp. We have Ben Depp in the in the studio. Hey, Ben. Hey, Welcome thanks. back. Thanks. Um, we, we're not going to ask you about termites. Don't worry about it. No problem. <laughs> so, Ben, we always like to have a fun question on the show. Um, so I guess your fun question would be, you've been spending a lot of time photographing Louisiana's coastal wetlands and other areas. If you could go anywhere in the world and do aerial photography, where would it be? Anywhere in the world? I mean, Louisiana's pretty good. <laughs> this the, is not a trick question. You the <laughs> Arctic would be fun. Oh, that might be cold. You it would be chilly. It would be chilly. I would get some new clothes. Yeah, get some really like I don't know intense if you're thermal. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, Ben, you Maybe, are crazy. But you can come in for a soft landing. Like, just find a nice snowbank and. I don't uh, think that snow is soft. I think it's hard. It's hard. Been there. Yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> been there for a long time. So, where could people see some of your photography? Jacques mentioned some of the magazines, but you can find it locally as well. Um, yeah, my website or. Uh, I, there's a, a gallery, a gallery for fine photography on Charter Street. Oh, cool. Um, has a number of my photos on display right now. So only Louisiana or? Yeah, just Louisiana. Good. And just aerial work. Um, so Ben, you, in addition to being a photographer, you're a National Geographic Society explorer. Mm-hmm. What does that mean exactly? Uh, so National Geographic Society has this program where they support Often a lot of scientists, they support a lot of scientists and uh, doing innovative projects. And they also support storytellers, uh, videographers, photographers who have 
kind of innovative ideas. Like or, flying in the sky? Uh, yeah, so I, I applied <clears throat> with a story. And uh, so I've been working on a story part-time for the last year on a grant from them. And uh, it only has a tiny bit of flying in it. <laughs> Can you be a spoiler? Is it? It's about Louisiana? Uh, it's not Louisiana. It's across <laughs> the U.S. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So. Yeah, gets an, an environmental story. That's cool. We'll have to, you know, keep keep us posted on it because we'd love to see it when it comes out and talk about it. Um, so you mentioned, I mean, you've been doing this and and you fly over areas and get vantage points that people do not get to see on a daily basis, particularly like in New Orleans, if they live behind the levees or just, you know, sometimes people are used to seeing things from the boat and that the vantage point you got is so different. So what are some of the interesting things you've seen or have there, has there been change that you've noticed anywhere that, you know, you'd want to convey to people? Yeah. I mean, so part of my motivation for being up in the air is because South Louisiana is flat. (laughs) I mean, there's no way to get any perspective on your surroundings and uh there's there's no way to get up in the air i mean there's no way to have any perspective on your surroundings and um so getting up in the air provides you with this ability to like just understand where you are and what's happening around you in a way that just being in a boat or being on a road somewhere you just have no clue of what's happening around here and like just the extent of just the environmental devastation for one. And then also uh, you can, it's amazing to see some of the few places where like sediment is coming out of the river on the east side of the river and building new land. And that's an amazing thing to see. Yeah. And that's in the East Bank of Plaquemines Parish? Yeah, in the East Bank of Plaquemines Parish. Very cool. Um, And then, so we mentioned the Canadian geese before the break, but I was you know, stalking you on Instagram just to come up with some questions. And I saw this amazing photo of Canadian geese just like flying everywhere. Well, where was that? Uh, that was in the Delta. And that was, I was working on a project with uh, the In the Dark podcast, which is, which is an investigative podcast. And they have a web component and I was photographing that. It's an amazing podcast. Cool. Well, we'll have to check it out. Definitely subscribe to that podcast and ours at the same time. Um, so we'll have to get you out to our rainy sanctuary at some point, you know, because migration's not far off, um, you know, and it's a beautiful area to photograph and see, I, I mean, from a from an aerial standpoint. Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the places where I've been looking forward to exploring. Uh, it's, it's remote enough that I haven't been out there. And so being able to go to your sanctuary and then fly from there will be an amazing experience. Are there more places on your to-do list? Uh... There's a fair, Antarctica, apparently, according to Jacques. Uh, there's a fair place, fair number of places in South Louisiana that I still am looking forward to exploring. So, you know, when you were talking about perspective and that you can't really see it from the road, you know, I thought that was one of your most beautiful Caminata pictures was you actually came from the back marsh and you looked over the beach towards the Gulf. And that amazingly was not a perspective we had seen yet. Um, We saw all these beautiful shots looking down the beach so you could capture the magnitude of it. And, you know, it's 13 miles long and and you really got to see that. But I thought your perspective about, you know, turning it around and looking at the golf really showed that vulnerability of that back barrier and how important Caminata is in that first layer of defense. So I love that you have that eye looking at it that way, too, because 
as many times as we've talked about Caminata, as many times as we've seen photographs, that was really the first time that I saw it from the other end. And it kind of highlighted that multiple lines of defense. And there's two projects now to kind of work on that back barrier marsh. And I think your picture just really, really highlights the just the delicate balance between, you know, how close it is between being restored and how fragile it is on the other side. Yeah, and that area, Caminata Headland Pass and some of the other barrier islands, it's just incredible to be up in the air and you see this, you know, thin strip of beach and barrier island and then just kind of what looks like endless miles of wetlands. And as soon as that barrier island goes away or breaks, it's, you know, all of those wetlands are going to be gone. So it's, it's just an incredible, yeah, perspective to see that from. Well, well Ben, I have to ask, I mean, what has the reaction been to some of these photos, whether locally or, I mean, I'm sure you, you, know, you travel a lot and, and your photos appear in national publications. I mean, do you think it helps people understand what's happening here? Uh, I think so. And one of my, one of my goals, I mean, people living in this, people living in South Louisiana, especially in New Orleans, you know, it's so hard to get out into the wetlands unless if you have a boat, unless if you're, you know, into fishing or hunting or something like that. So few people actually get out and see just how special this place is and kind of build a relationship with this environment. And so that was one of my goals was to just kind of provide a new look at this place and a, a different view of this environment so that people could maybe, if not understand it better, at least have, you know, a little more of a interest or curiosity about what's out there. Well, awesome. Um, again, give people your website so they can go and check out your photos. Yeah, it's bendepp.com. And that's D-E-P-P. Um, well, thank you so much, Ben, for, I mean, all the work you do and, and your photography that really documents what's happening. Thank you for being a guest. And uh, yeah, we hope to get you out to Rainy soon. And we'll have to have you back on the show when you, this project comes out. Thanks. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Jack and Simone. All right. Well, when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about an exciting event that's happening this weekend, Down River Fest. Um, we'll be right back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM, deltadispatches.org. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. I'm Jacques Bear with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Laws with Restore or Retreat. So, you know, we do flyovers. You've gone mm. up on a helicopter. I'm not, going, I'm not doing what Ben's doing. That you don't want to do the paramotoring. Victoria texted me. She's like, what if he rides at a gas? I'm like, I don't even want to talk about the I just crazy... have this vision of, you know, you see those old uh, videos of when the Orville brothers were first trying to learn to fly. Yeah, or and like you the, just, the yeah. mythical tale about the Icarus who flew co- too close to the sun with <laughs> yeah. his little wings. Like, that's crazy. What if he like... Gets a little too close. And anyway, I do love the pictures. Beautiful so pictures. Funny. So, well, Ben actually was on a panel at Downriver yeah, Fest yeah. last nice year. Nice to make that connection. So that's a perfect segue into our next two yeah. guests who are here to talk about Downriver Fest this year. <laughs> Welcome to Delta Dispatches, Helen Rose Patterson. Hello, Helen Rose. Hello. Greater New Orleans Outreach Coordinator. Have you been on the show before? I have not. Oh, I thought First you had. Time. Welcome. With Welcome. National Wildlife Federation and Restore the Mississippi River Delta, as well as Greg Lambusi, Director of New Orleans Jazz Museum. Welcome to the show, y'all. Thank you. Awesome. Well, before we get into Downriver Fest, I want to hear a little bit about Helen Rose and the work you do. Um, really important, but also very interesting. So, Helen Rose, tell us a little bit about your background, but then let's talk a little bit about the faith community and the work you've been doing to engage them on coastal restoration. Sure. So, um, 
I have a college degree in cultural ecology, and so I actually... And you uh, grew up in Mississippi, I grew right? up in Mississippi, mm-hmm. uh, in middle Mississippi, not coastal Mississippi. Um, and I have a degree that focuses in how people, um, based on their religious and cultural backgrounds, engage on environmental issues. Um, and I've been very lucky for 10 years as of now um, to get to apply that degree in, in my work here in Louisiana. And I had a, a chance recently to work with Helen Ruse, and um, she did some meetings with some of the people that she's been working with, some faith leaders, and um, and I got to tag along to some meetings that they had. And it's amazing to hear their perspective. And, and it's really powerful, too, you know, the fact that they can be both religious and faithful and believe in this, the same things that we do because it's important and why it's just a totally different perspective. Yeah, it's an incredibly valuable um, take on our work. And I, I really um, it's been an eye opening experience for me to work with faith leaders um, and I've really enjoyed getting um, to get their perspective yeah, on things. Congregations are like constituencies too, right? And Absolutely. so, I mean, they have a powerful message being where they are. So that was really great to work with Helen and Rose on, on doing those kinds of things. Yeah, and I mean, we talk a lot about motivations for doing coastal restoration, doing environmental work. And we've talked about it from an, a wildlife standpoint, from a community standpoint, from a job standpoint. I remember being at um, a hearing on the master plan and having a minister get up that Helen Rose had worked with. And he spoke from a spiritual standpoint about why this work is so important. And this is something that obviously goes back so, so far, right? That people have tied, you know, faith and religion to, you know, natural resources and everything. So not unusual. We're just applying it in a little different way here in coastal Louisiana. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Awesome. So, so speaking of faith and religious work, um, daiquiris and gumbo <laughs> so i was telling, all right make that transition no, helen rose <laughs> well i was actually telling Jacques earlier today the reason um, we made the connection with down river fest was i gave a presentation uh, at an episcopal church in metairie um and amy kirk who was then at the french market came up to me and was like hey i really want you to come work with us on this thing we do called down river festival and it's coming up um, and so that's how I got looped in on doing Down River Festival three I think years awesome. ago. We walked yeah. into the studio and they had some information out and there. And they had fans out yeah, there. I had people ask me questions. I said, you need to talk to Ellen Rose. <laughs> <laughs> so I also want to uh, welcome Greg Lambusi, uh, director of New Orleans Jazz Museum. Greg, welcome to Delta Dispatches. Tell us a little bit about your background, but also what is the New Orleans Jazz Museum? Sure. So, um, you know, uh, grew up here in New Orleans and uh, went to UNO. Um, I ended up getting a master's in history, and so uh, now we're over here at the Jazz Museum. We have this incredible collection, over 20,000 items, one of the, really the largest in the world related to, to New Orleans jazz, and um, incredible building. Uh, the the building and site takes up the uh, entire city block, and so we do a lot of festivals, uh, a lot of exhibits, and um, we have this uh, wonderful uh, performance facility on the third floor. And so we're doing a lot of uh, performances, lectures, panel discussions on a regular basis. So you're at the old U.S. Mint, right? Yes, yes. And, and so we've been rebranding the building as the New Orleans Jazz Museum. But of course, I mean, it's always going to be the Mint. It's, um, <laughs> it's history and uh, you know national historic landmark. But but the Jazz Museum is now occupying the entire building. That's such a great space, and I mean, so it's open to the public um, every day, or what are the, what are the opportunities for people to visit? Um, so yeah, basically we're open, what is it, um, Tuesday through Sunday. We're closed on Mondays. That's a one day close. Um, and we have, uh, 
regular performances um, two o'clock uh, Tuesday through Friday. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, and then often even evening performances and like I said, lectures and symposiums, panel discussions on a, on a pretty regular basis too. Awesome. Um, yeah, and so we're, we're keeping busy over here, and um, we have a new exhibit coming up um, in November on. Uh, um, the history of the drum set, <laughs> the evolution of the drum set. So we we, uh, we think we'll have fun with that one. And then we just opened a new exhibit on Professor Longhair, um, I guess about a month ago. Very cool. I was telling Jacques today that um, my first semester in college at UT, I had a class, The History of Rock and Roll. It was at 3.30 on Friday afternoons. It was a really terrible time. No, <laughs> we did our own study on the history of rock and roll, but it was yeah. incredibly difficult. So I can't even imagine how jazz how difficult that is i mean you know rock and roll is i guess relatively short-lived but jazz or something like that goes so deep right it, it, it does and it's influenced so many things including rock and roll r&b you know um, all that stuff which influenced you know world music so um so it's a pretty wide reach and we, we can't we look at it that way it's you know it's not we don't see it as or, or rather somebody might see it as traditional jazz in whatever forms or early or you know, contemporary, whatever. It's it's all those things that we're that we're looking at. So um we like to have a wide scope of uh um of performances and not try to keep it contained into one element. So. Do you do you feel like it's a whole lot is it tourists, is it locals, is it a balance of both? It's a real combination. You know, um we do have a lot of tourists coming through, but we also with our with the programming that we've been doing, we we have a, a pretty heavy local engagement and um and so it's not only these musical performances; it's also things like Pilates and yoga. Do um, <laughs> jazz so music? We, you can do into yoga. Yeah, to, <laughs> yeah, you know, jazz. Uh, That's pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, um, yeah. my husband works a lot with with folks from London, and they love New Orleans, and they like just think of the show Treme, and they just love it, and they want to go to all those those. Um, music halls and all that kind of stuff. And so that's interesting to me that it has this international connection too. So I can see where it's both locals and tourists that are, are flocking to the museum. Yeah, it's, de- it's definitely a mix. And, um, and we want, you know, we want it that way. So, um, but we definitely want the, the local uh, components. So, um, and we've been fortunate that, you know, festivals like Satchmo Fest and French Quarter Fest, you know, a big chunk of that happens. Uh, French Quarter Fest happens with us here and, and of course, Satchmo is here. This is the, the site for that festival. And we'll get, uh, with the, the good work of French Quarter Festivals, Inc., we'll get, you know, 50,000 people if it's uh, good weather. So, um, and those, a lot of those folks are locals. That's awesome. Um, so, it's such an important yeah. part of our history and culture, too, and what makes us so unique and, and it draws people, obviously, here. So, tell us a little bit about Downriver Fest. You helped found it, right? And so, what is sure, yeah. what is the festival? Like, why did you want to bring the festival to the, to people, yeah, we you know we wanted to find uh, uh, an avenue that that um, you know, so the building is right on the river. We're literally right next to uh, the river at the corner of Esplanade and Elysian Field, and um, we saw the river is, is this kind of connecting piece with the rest of the, the country, but also with the rest of the world, and you know the melding of cultures that happens here in New Orleans. A, 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 a way to talk about all those things and to bring in events related to those those things. So, um, you know, it's a festival, so you have to have music. So we, we try to keep the scope of music pretty broad. Got to have food. Um, <laughs> exactly. Got to have food. And then, and so we decided, so each year we do a different food and a different drink. And so, you know, this year 
our tricentennial year with better food than, uh, than gumbo and, you know, daiquiris. Are, Were are daiquiris around so. 300 years ago? <laughs> well, let's, yeah, let's, you know, Bienville and Everville. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, um, so, uh, um, so we thought those would be uh, two fun things to do this year. And, um, and Helen Rose has done a fantastic job with the, the lecture series. It's always related in some way to water and coastal restoration. And Helen Rose can talk about that. But um, so those are the three main elements, and also, and also kids' activities too. Yeah. So he talked about the river and and just the connection with the river, and obviously your work centers around that. So tell us about the lectures. So the lectures have been a really fun venue to sort of take our what are often like very science and policy focused conversations about the river and coastal restoration into um, a more arts and culture space. Um, And so um, in previous years, we've had some really interesting panels like with the year with the oysters. We had uh, Andy Wilson talking about the oyster lawsuits. Um, which is not something we get to like share with the public all that much. Um, we had Earl Melanson, um, who's an oyster biologist, talking to us about oysters. So th- th- we get to do those kind of things and bring um, those people into spaces that they aren't usually in. Um, and then the uh, this year, we're, um, we've got a couple different things going on. Liz Williams from the Southern Food and Beverage Museum is going to be talking to us about the history of daiquiris, which I think is going to be really cool. <laughs> I'm interested about Simone that. Simone needs to fun go to that. Yeah. That's our fun question. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, we're going to have a, a lecture on the, the history and the future of the Delta, which um, should be really interesting. One of my NWF colleagues is going to be putting that on. David Muth, who we've had on the show before. Is David's uh, not, not going to make it, it. Oh. so Matt Phillips is going to fill in. Nice. Okay, Matt is also welcome to come on the show at some point. Yeah, I was going to say, David's going to be so jealous if he knows you're on the show. <laughs> He's got this thing about being on the show, so let's not talk about him. <laughs> um, and then um, from the Audubon perspective, we have Dr. Richard Condry um, from the Baton Rouge chapter of the Audubon Society, who's going to be coming and talking to us about um, Audubon's travels in Louisiana um, and really focusing on what we can learn from his experiences here, um, you know, over hundred years ago as we think about the future of our Delta. And I'm really excited about that. I think he has a lot of beautiful images to share with us um, and some things like that. Um, one of our colleagues from uh, Gulf Restoration Network, Kendall Dix, is going to come talk to us about federal uh, fish policy, um, which should be really interesting. Um, and then we're showing Kevin McCaffrey's film, No One Ever Went Hungry, um, which focuses on Cajun food culture and should be really great. That's very cool. Very cool. Um, Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about the festival and and more information, but tell us um, where we can find more information really quickly before we go to the break. I believe it's downriverfest.org, uh, and Greg can correct me if it's .com instead. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay. Go ahead. Great, great. Well, we're going uh, to ask you what your favorite daiquiri is when we come back, but we are up against the break. And so you're listening to Delta Dispatches on 990 WGSO. We'll be right back. Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Bear with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Laws with Restore Retreat. Fun question. Fun question time for our Downriver Fest folks. So, I mean, you knew this was coming. Um, what is your favorite daiquiri? Um, so, right now, my favorite is up at Bore. Right they have now. a gin and tonic. Right now. Oh, I know. <laughs> they have a gin and tonic daiquiri. Wow. It's excellent. And how about you, Greg? 
Uh, I usually go with the white Russian. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's my guy. Standard yep, classic. Me too. That would be my answer. That would be my... One, um, the, the Mardi Gras, I mean, not the Mardi Gras, the New Year's, where it was like turning 99 to 2000, Prince song. I had this like wonderful idea that I should try a banana daiquiri. And that was not a wonderful idea. That's my aunt's favorite. Every time she visits New Orleans, she gets banana daiquiris. It's her thing. She loves her. She's the only reason they're keeping that afloat. I'm with Greg. I'm right Western. What about you? Well, I have to say, so I have this weird fascination. When I I left New Orleans for 10 years, and then I came back and everyone was like, oh, purple drink, purple drink. And I'm like, what is purple drink? Apparently, the Lafitte's blacksmith shop, which had been sold and completely, it's very different than it was when I was first here. It was a piano bar when I was here. Um, now sells this purple drink and people love it. And I have to say, the first time I had it, I was like, mm, it tastes like medicine. But then it's great for like a day in the quarter if you're it's doing like red dress run or something. Yeah, yeah it's kind of me- me- like it tastes like medicine, but it's good. So, Oh, my. We'll have to do a, anyway. a tasting tour. <laughs> A walking tour of Dakar. That yeah, that could get dangerous. Let's so talk about. So speaking yeah. of walking tours, yes. um, Helen Rose. So you, we were talking about the lectures. We were talking about fun kid, kids activities. Obviously, music and food. But there will be walking tours as part of the Downriver Festival. Yeah. So um, our friends at the Greater New Orleans Water Collaborative, Nathan Lott, will be leading a walking tour. Um, and they did this last year. It was really well attended, even though it's pretty early in the morning. Um, that talks about the history of the river because it's, it's not hot yet. It's yeah. uh, and and the water management angle, and so I think that there's information on the website, but it starts at 9 a.m. and meets in front of the um, the jazz museum on the Esplanade side, and so that should be really fun. And the website is downriverfest.org. So, do you all charge to get in? No, the admission is free. Free? Yeah. Um, they're food vendors, awesome. and, you know, people selling things. Greg, did but... you know that it was free? <laughs> <laughs> you let all those people into your house for free. <laughs> Oh, yeah, come on, you know. <laughs> so you did say, you said kids' activities, too? Yeah, so um, I think Greg can probably expand on this a little bit, but I know that we have, um, from our team, we have these really cool block prints of nature scenes for kids to do. Um, and then we've partnered up with New Harmony High, and some of the students from New Harmony are going to come and lead, I think, a recycled planter activity mm. um, for children. So, the you know, the teenagers are going to work with the younger kids on that. And then I believe the Mint has a couple of other, or the museum also is offering some other kids' activities. Yeah, yeah. And the green box. And daiquiris. Right the yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, snowballs, uh, fan snowballs will nice. be out there so the kids can, can hit that. And then, um, um, but in, in the green bomb, one of our educators uh, um, has done a great job with uh, pulling together a number of pieces for the, for the children to do. She's going to have uh, some fish out there, but it's not real fish. It's uh, um, plastic and they can make they can make um yeah we use some of those uh, they're awesome kids love them mm-hmm. yeah yeah and um and she has a number of other fun activities like that uh, planned which and, and also the kids tent is gonna be right next to um our gumbo garden that the uh, <laughs> uh louisiana uh, ag center has uh in in their uh louisiana uh, master gardeners have put together like a real and garden it's it's a real garden that has things like bell peppers. And, oh, very um, cool! You know, all the things that go into okra. The, yeah, okra, all that good stuff. Yeah. Some people are anti okra uh, in the gumbo shock. Oh no, I, I love okra. <laughs> so, Greg, I mean, obviously, this is uh, the sixth year for the festival. I mean, has it, it must have grown tremendously since you've started it? It is. It, yeah, it's grown, and you know, year by year, it's grown, and you know, but it's still it's a family friendly festival, and. Um, 
it's you can come and relax. You're not, you know, um, you know, fight, kind of fighting to get your space anywhere. And we will have we'll have a large tent. So if it is, you know, really hot, you'll be able to get on the tent and under the shade and enjoy music. And um, you know, we'll have a variety of uh, we'll have at least two full bars, uh, a beer bar, and um, and then you know this great food from Casa Borrega, um, Granny Pot, uh, Miss Linda's, uh, uh, Miss Linda the Yakamane ladies. Well, she'll be doing both Yakamane and gumbo. Mm. And, um, and let's see. Also, Queenies will be there with daiquiris, mm. as I mentioned, Van Snowballs, and um, and I hope I'm not mm. leaving anybody out. But I think that was that's you know that covers the vendors. I think. That sounds great. I love that it's still, you know, New Orleans always has a festival all the time, but I love these like really authentic ones that are still really local and for everybody, but welcome, welcome others as well. So I love that you can bring your kids. I kind of started to think snowballs are kind of like the precursor to daiquiris. (laughs) (laughs) I guess maybe like ices or slushies are, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the gateway beverage. Yes. <laughs> Jacques said it, man. I just let him there. Jacques said it. Okay, so downriverfest.org. Um, Greg, do you have some where you can find more information about the museum? What would y'all um, yes. contact info? Thank you. Yes, it's uh, nolajazzmuseum.org. And, nope. um, and also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it, it's uh, at Nola Jazz, uh, at Nola Jazz Museum. And Helen Rose, you'll be there as well, and then we're going to drag you maybe down to Plaquemines next week? <laughs> yeah, um, I will be inside uh, running the lecture show all day at the, at the festival. I'll make my husband come and bring me some gumbo so I can actually enjoy like the food it. a little bit. Um, and yes, I will be joining y'all down in Plaquemines next week. Good, good. Glad awesome. to hear that. Well, I very much hope to be there. I'm looking forward to Richard Condry's um, lecture as well as some of the others and then also to get a daiquiri or two. Yeah, it sounds awesome. It really does sound great. What a great way to spend a, you know, Saturday in September. Exactly. Well, Helen Rose, Greg, thank you both so much for being on. I know you're super busy, so we appreciate it. And best of luck this weekend. Downriver Festival is this Saturday um, at the Old U.S. Mint or the New Orleans Jazz Museum. And it sounds like it'll be a great free, open to the public, family-friendly, educational, love it. delicious, musical event. I love it. Exactly. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, Jacques, this week we're going to do Coastal Connections. I think we're going to talk to our friends soon to follow up about some of that work. We also want to make sure we highlight Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation's um, beach cleanup, mm-hmm. and then that's the next Saturday. So we'll talk all about that on our next show next yeah, week. Yeah, we've got a busy week coming busy up week. next week. I'm going to be out on some field trips. Uh, I'm shocked. I'm sorry. I have shocked. to take national reporters out to see things. Yeah, and so. you like, don't lie. It's an airplane and a boat. Well, I'm actually just coordinating the airplane. I'm not Mm. getting on it, but I am getting on the boat. So anyway, lots to talk about next week. But thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our guests, Ben, Helen Rose, and Greg. You've been listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM, always available on